Christmas, Madeline. I almost feel like I don't have to preach with that one. It's a great children's message there. So, hi guys, I'm Greg Oberg. I'm your friendly neighborhood KWS minister, in case those of you who haven't met me yet. I am just down the street in your Methodist student ministry, known as the Wesley Foundation, uh, a few blocks down, so I'll be bragging a little bit about what God's doing there later on in the message. Um, but tonight, to this morning, sorry, tonight, Wednesday night's when we have worship, and so, like, when we're at Wednesday night, I'll be like, hey, welcome to worship this morning. No, it's Wednesday night, Greg. And then, and here I am Sunday morning. Hey, tonight we're going to start. No, Greg, it's Sunday morning, man, so... Yeah, okay, so moving on. So, hey, turn your Bibles, if you have any handy or Bible apps or whatever, to Ephesians 4. That's going to be our primary scripture for today. Um, like what Madeline was saying, the scripture comes from Paul the Apostle, one of his letters to, to the church in Ephesus. Uh, here are the, the words for us this morning. Uh, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Uh, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Uh, always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. We are all one body, we have the same spirit, and we have all been given the same glorious future. There is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And there is only one God and Father who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. With that, we will pray with me. Uh, God, thank you for this uh, beautiful morning. Uh, we pray that you would continue to inhabit your word and teach and lead us, Lord. And I uh, pray that what's, what needs to be said will be said. Uh, God, guide our hearts and our imaginations, stir our souls, help us to have a wonderful encounter with your word this morning, God. And we pray for the renewal of our hearts. We pray for uh, forgiveness that comes from you to reign in us. Um, we pray for restoration and rest and peace and hope that all these things will be kindled and so much more, God. Uh, you have this in store for us as we study your word. So open our ears, open our eyes, open our hands that we may serve you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, even though I work on the campus of Sam Houston State University, um, I also uh, went to, from my undergraduate was Texas A&M University, and you know, there's a couple little whispers I heard. A three service is actually more lively than that, guys, so whatever. Um, so I went to Texas A&M and five years there, met Georgia there, and during my time there, I was also a part of the Fighting Texas Ag Cadet Corps. And so I learned a lot of lessons in that, in that military organization. It was an ROTC slash military academy. You didn't have to join the military afterwards to be in the Corps of Cadets. A lot of people like me joined it to learn about organizations, to have camaraderie, to experience um, great lessons in life that are applicable anywhere, whether it's in the armed forces or it's in the corporate America or it's in small business or the church especially. I feel like I learned a lot more in the Corps about the church then I learned in seminary about the church. So a phrase back then that we knew in the core was the Latin phrase, per unitanum vis. Uh, per unitanum vis. Every cadet knew this like the back of their hand. It was drilled into us as many things were. Um, what does that mean in English? It means through unity, strength. So per unitanum vis, through unity, strength. Uh, that knowing that when we combine together, even though we wear similar uniforms, our personalities, our personas are very different, but getting people to uh, strive to be as one, uh, to work as one on projects, to march as one, to think, you know, to join together on something that's bigger than us uh, for a greater good. That's something I learned firsthand. I also learned firsthand about disunity and dysfunction and fracturing, uh, uh, fracturing as well. Uh, this happened to my own clan, uh, my outfit, in my junior year, where uh, there's a lot of division and discord happening, disunity. Nobody's working together, 
Um, there was a lot of spite and strife. And of course, our grades went down, our marks and marching went down, uh, inspections went down, everything was just in the toilet. Um, and I hate to say it, but at the end of the year, we were finally put out of our misery and just disbanded. Uh, we were called Squadron 5, the Avengers, and we were dis dispersed after that. And it's tough to lose your family in college, uh, like Miss Madeline was talking about. But that's something we had because of ultimately disunity. Um, I would love to say that that's the only time in my life of which I've ever experienced that. That's never happened since then. Um, but the reality is that's not the case. A lot of us this morning, we can understand that in the schools that we've been at, or in the companies, or the workplaces, or churches, or environments on different levels. We see this in the cities. We see this on the national level, for sure. Um, many different forms of this happening. And what happens with that is morale just plummets. Uh, I think ultimately that's a huge key to success to any organization, whether it's a church or a campus ministry or it's an army outfit or it's a company or it's a school. Uh, any one of those with high morale will and a strong sense of unity will outperform one with low morale any day. Any one of those, any company, any school, any church that has a high sense of unity and a high sense of morale will outperform one across the board that has low morale and low unity. Uh, no matter what the case may be. Abraham Lincoln said it well when he said, a house divided cannot stand, a kingdom at war with itself is doomed. He said, he was quoting Jesus, actually, from John chapter 11, um, if you look into that pretty well. And I think the same can be also said uh, for the superhero films that we see as well. And we see this in our stories, whether we experience this in life or we see this in fiction, um, like the Avengers series with Marvel. And so today is the Sunday after Easter. It's typically one of the lowest attended Sundays of the year for churches all across America. But you could tell your friends that they missed out on the Avengers uh, this Sunday. You could tell your grandkids and kids that Papa and Nana got to see the Avengers in worship. You should have been with us for that. The kids here in the audience, no matter what grade you are, tomorrow morning at school, you get to say that you saw the Avengers in worship. Why is that? And so I want to talk about a major reason. And why, get, why see just one little one snippet from one film, we can see one from both of them. Um, but there's going to be a point. And what am I going for here? Because even in films and frameworks like this, do you see the concept of unity and disunity? Any enemy that shows up, typically what they're trying to do, the bad guy, is trying to you know, split them apart. Split the heroes apart and have them go at each other's throats. We see this happen, and it doesn't work out well, but we see them doing things well. Uh, together at our times too. So I'm going to show you a quick couple clips. What I want you to look for is in the first clip from the first movie, um, the Samuel L. Jackson character with the eye patch. He's going to be talking about the Avengers Initiative. What's that exactly? I want you to listen for the words and ask yourself if that sounds familiar. And the second one is from the second movie is just going to be this evil robot dude trying to destroy the planet uh, with his army, and you got the heroes together. You don't need to know their backstories, but he's going to say something. What are they going to say back? And of course, come on, I'm showing Avengers films. I have to show an action sequence, right? And kind of help us answer, why do people spend billions of dollars on these films? You might have a hint of that, whether you're a fan or not a fan. Um, take a look, keep an ear open. Let's do this together.
getting a distinct feeling that Marvel Studios should be sponsoring this message for some reason. Could build a second Florida the Wesley with that. All right. So, well, I like how hopefully you were listening about the initiative to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. To etch these stories in together and weave these stories together doesn't, isn't God in the business of doing that with his family, his faith family that Madeline was talking about so that they can face the battles together, the battles uh, that can't be won without the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, you saw how they, couldn't, they were not dependent to save the world by themselves. They had to work together to do this. And Jesus saved the world on the cross and with the empty tomb that first Easter that we just celebrated. And he's saving it now through you and through me. And he will ultimately save it too to bring it to completion. A common world that we, a common one vision world that we're all called to that Paul is alluding to in Ephesians. And talks about a lot more as well throughout the rest of the scriptures. You know, it's interesting that I got Loki on there. He's one of the enemies. He's trying, he was trying to divide them up. Because isn't that what the enemy and darkness do a lot in our world? Dividing people? Division is, is good business for the enemy. He's not giving it up anytime soon. When, no matter how many people groups, I mean, whatever levels, whether it's denominations or nations or even just 10 people in a small company, we can easily break into camps of us versus them. This, group, this factioning mentality and spend all of your resources divided and fighting and bickering and squabbling and drama and more drama and division and discord. These are all signs of darkness, signs of the enemy. But yet the good news is Jesus is in the business of uniting people and business is good. And we get to be a part of that. The Apostle Paul talks about that as we heard. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. We are one body, we have the same spirit, and we have been called to the same glorious future. You have been called to the same glorious future, Christ followers. When the Spirit, Holy Spirit's rejected from leading a church, when he's rejected from leading anywhere, there's plenty of sin and darkness and discord and um, us versus them and corruption but a same glorious future that Paul is talking about is a future without pain and corruption and injustice and human slavery and war and drama and abuse and cancer and depression and greed and all these things. Isn't that a glorious future to march toward, fellow Avengers? Isn't that something to work for with Christ and by Christ and in the name of Jesus Christ? Where, where do we get this image in America that the Christian faith is just meant to be observed like watching a Marvel movie? We're cheering a few people, we cheer on a few pastors and a few lay people who are doing all the work, and the rest of us just kick back, and that's how we watch a Marvel movie. That's not how church is made to be experienced, for we are participants. There was an idea, this initiative, to bring together a group of remarkable people, see if they could become something more, to see if they could fight the battles that we never could. Hopefully this sounds a bit biblical to you, because it shows up a lot in Acts of the Apostles. It shows up a lot in places like Ephesians and Corinthians as well. We're not meant to be spectators. We're meant to be participants in this story to save the world. Don't you want this world saved? It's interesting, the heroes, they save it, but so it could go on the way it was. Jesus wants to save it completely, to be without sin and darkness and death and pain and saying goodbye to people um, that it pains your heart to say goodbye to, to, to without terrible things. And he doesn't say and point to each of us, hey, I expect you to save it by yourself. I expect you single-handedly to bring this culture together. 
I expect you single-handedly to bring this denomination together. I mean, he never points to any of us, but it says that challenge because that's impossible. But even with our local levels, without him, it's impossible. Whether it's a Wesley Foundation, whether it's a First Methodist Church, whether whatever your group name is or where you exist, if the Holy Spirit is there and he's given freedom and, and he's allowed to lead and reign, things like unity show up in which people look at. It happened in Pentecost. We're going to that, share that in a few weeks, likely down the road. In which you had these Christ followers from all over the world. They didn't know each other. But they're bring, God brought their stories together, and that happens with us too, doesn't it? It's called to the same glorious future. We, don't you want to have a glorious future with Jesus? How often do we envision the future and he's not there? Whether it's in the life of a church, whether it's in your personal life, in your family's life, or with all of your life. Paul says you're called to the same glorious future, not just for you individually, but you that God has weaved your life with others too. A lot of reason that we, your Wesley Foundation, that you partner with, that you support, we've been able to accomplish so much is because we have spent enormous amounts of energy and time creating excellent opportunities where college students have joy in knowing Jesus. Because this will shock you, no student wants to be a part of an organization where they spend all of their time fighting and bickering and squabbling and there's endless drama and nothing gets done. Not only is that a college student, a pro college student issue, it's an issue for every generation, isn't it? It's an issue for every culture. I think a lot of us can look at that and say, man, I wish my job. I wish we just had a more collective sense of unity, at least putting differences aside. And we had a vision that we work to build churches the same way. If a church, uh, churches can get into times of just endless bickering and fighting and nothing gets accomplished. And nothing really great happens. No one wants to be a part of that kind of church. Whether it's in the ancient times that Paul is writing to because it's been a problem for 2,000 years. Because guess what? Human beings join the church. It's kind of how we are, isn't it? But yet we get to experience this heavenly nature that Jesus offers when he saves us. And continues to save us and will ultimately save us. The same glorious future that Paul talks about. We at the Wesley can do things um, like homecoming floats like caroling at Creekside Nursing Home, like all of our service and mission trips that we do, like our retreats, like the Buffalo Stampede Marathon where we went to uh, as a cheer station that you see there, and so much more because we spent so much of our energy together with that. It's not that Greg found, a, Greg found a lot, like 60 students that all thought identically, that all came from the same exact background. That's not the case at all, but yet there's a sense of the Holy Spirit at work. I want them to continue to experience that. Don't you want that too for your faith community and your family and your friends, uh, no, matter, no matter if they're members officially or not? There is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there's only one God and Father who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. Notice that Paul didn't say there's lots of lords uh, to each their own. He says there's one. Um, that's a huge faith statement. Um, that's something else we did a couple weeks ago. We had a lot of people, yeah, we had like 100 students on our front lawn for our Resurrection Week dinner and worship that we combined with other faith groups on the campus. Uh, the Baptist, um, Truth, and all these people from different, the international faith group uh, coming from all around just to combine under the one Lord and, and to worship Him. That's beautiful. I love that every semester and how God moves through that. And the way we experience that is even better than watching the Avengers fighting together because um, the music with that is so beautiful as well. 
it's helping to fulfill Jesus' prayer. You know what his prayer was? He, he had a prayer in John 17 where he's talking to his father, where Jesus says, my prayer for all of them is that they will be one just as you and I are one, Father. That just as you are in me and I am in you, so that they will be in us. And the world will believe you sent me. My prayer for all of them. He didn't just mean the original disciples, the people that were like physically right there with him in that moment that he spoke those words originally. I think he meant all of us. Whether it's the Christ followers in Egypt or Russia or here in the U.S. Uh, or all over the world on local levels, on big levels, whatever, that they may be one, Lord, Father, just as you and I are in one. Don't you want to help answer Jesus' prayer? You know, he answers our prayers a lot. really does. takes time. It's his timing. But there are times in which we can help answer his. I want to help answer the prayers of Jesus. And this is one of them in John 17. If unity is something he prayed for, and something that Paul spoke of a lot, I suppose it's pretty important, isn't it? It uh, doesn't mean you have to believe exactly the same thing everyone else believes. Just work together for something great. Find something together. Stop observing when you can participate, whether it's Big House or UM Army, uh, or it's helping in VBS, or it's helping in a worship thing, or, or the, all the things we have here that are scheduled and you're launched for together to join with others, to do something beyond ourselves that Jesus can inhabit, whether it's physically in this building or not, whether it's partnering with us, whether it's not even, it might not even be something on a bulletin or a newsletter. Beautiful, spontaneous ministry happens all the time, and I am so blessed to hear that from people, left and right, keep doing it. But oftentimes, your story will intertwine with someone else for something beautiful to happen. Something magnificent to happen. If we can captivate this and spend billions on films like The Avengers, church, we have to get this right again and again and live it out. I don't think you're living into God's full calling to experience this story if you're just observing. No Avenger ever said, I want to just be on the roster, but this whole saving the world thing is just not for me. Can you imagine just characters doing that? How would you feel if you'd paid this money to see a movie and you see some superheroes doing that? But yet, why is it as a church this happens in our culture that we've grown so many spectators when we're trying to grow disciples that are engaged together in this? Just as it was exciting to see an exciting future that they can bring about in fiction. We're in nonfiction. We're in a real powerful story to live out. It's Christ against the darkness. And he will win. We will win with him as we join with him. There's an idea called the Avengers Initiative. The, Avenger, the idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles we never could. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one just as you and I are one, Father. That just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. And the world will believe you sent me. May your unity and my un the unity of our Wesley cause people to see and believe in this Jesus that we celebrate in times like Easter and others. For after all, we are all one body with the same spirit, and we have all been given the same glorious future. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and only one God and Father who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. I think there's a few quotes that really sum it up better than I can try to present. Which one will be your favorite? 
There's Dwight L. Moody saying, I have never yet known the Spirit of God to work where the Lord's people were divided. I like what Richard Cecil said. The union of Christians to Christ, their common head, and by means of the influence they derive from him one to another, may be illustrated by the lodestone. If not, it not only attracts the particles of iron to itself by the magnetic virtue, but by this virtue it unites them one to another. Charles Brent. The unity of Christendom is not a luxury, but a necessity. The world will go limping until Christ's prayer that all may be one is answered. We must have unity, not at all costs, but all risks. The unified church is the only offering we dare present to the coming Christ, for in it alone will he find room to dwell. And then finally, Corey Ten Boom. Be united with other Christians. A wall with loose bricks is not good. The bricks must be cemented together. Well, may God continue to use our Wesley ministry, your FUMC community as well, to raise up kingdom heroes that will do amazing things with our lives. May we continue to band together to build faith communities that we are proud of, that Jesus inhabits well, and that we don't give drama and discord and darkness the final say in all of our energy and time, but instead we give God all the glory no matter what. And may we give God glory for the unity he creates and grows in the stories that combine together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, onward and upward, my friends. Amen. I invite you to pray with me. Well, God, this is something that we need help with a lot in our workplaces, in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships. Uh, God, that you would inhabit our relationships fresh in a new way. God, we don't want to be here this morning just to play church, just to go through the motions, sing a few songs, be entertained, like watching a Marvel movie. But God, we want to encounter you in a fresh way. So Lord, in this time and place, we encounter you. But I, we imagine, Lord, that we will encounter you again very soon this week in the future for a lot of us. Lord, thank you for our stories. You are the author. God, we thank you for the people that you are intertwining our stories with. Help us to continue uh, to participate with you in unity and love and peace and grace. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.